first chapter of Jeremiah, the prophet says this. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord, God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And from 1 Corinthians, often called the love chapter, chapter 13, comes these words from St. Paul to the church at Corinth. We use them in weddings often, but they're really a a word to the church. If I speak in tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains... But do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Then he began to say to them, Oh, excuse me. Then it goes on to say, Love is kind, love is, yes, you know that, okay? And then from the fourth chapter of Luke, we hear our primary scripture today, starting at the 21st verse. Then Jesus began to say to those gathered in the synagogue, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Dr. Heal yourself. And you will say, do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did in Capernaum. And he said, truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine all over the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except the widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elijah. None of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. And when they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up and drove him out of the town 
and it led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do you remember a long, long time ago, like when Jim Squibb was the director of the TV station, and there was this guy that came on kind of after the news, and he'd tell you a story, and then he'd go, and now you know the rest of the story. Well, today we're going to get the rest of the story. Because last week we heard about Jesus, who had gained great popularity by preaching and teaching and healing, and he finally goes home to his hometown where he does the same thing, and he goes in as was his custom, and he opens the, the scroll, and he reads from Elisha. No, that's not true. He reads from Isaiah. He reads from Isaiah a vision of what they expect the Messiah to be. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And if you were paying attention last week, one of the things that I said to you was, they get mad at him eventually. Well, today is the eventually, when they're mad. But I I told you last week that one of the things that they were mad about was, he was not their view of what they thought the Messiah should be. And that is true. But today we get even more of the story, the rest of the story, about why they're so angry. Jesus says to them all of this. And he says, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your, in your hearing. And they are awed by this. Sometimes we hear this part of the text where it says, isn't this Joseph's son as if it's like, How could Joseph's son come up with something like that? He's just a carpenter. He's just a boy. He grew up here. We know him. No. They're amazed. Isn't this Joseph's son, one of our own here, who's telling us this and has done these great things? It's fabulous. One of our own kids has done this. He's got the it factor. There's a young man in this church. He's at WVU right now. He was home for Christmas and was charming everybody in the narthex. And Bob Mead sidled up to him and he said, this kid. I said, yeah, I know. He said, he's got the it factor. He's going to be something. And this kid does. He's charming and handsome and bright and all of those things. He's got the it factor. 
And the crowd is looking at Jesus and saying, our boy here has got the it factor. He's going to be something. And then, sort of out of nowhere, he kind of just lashes out at him. He says, you're going to say to me, heal yourself. But I'm going to tell you, a prophet has no honor in his home or his homeland. You don't really believe in me. You're impressed at what I've done, but you don't really believe that I'm the Messiah. Do you? And he goes on with this little insulting dig because he says, you're going to want me, I know what you want, you're going to want me to do all kinds of miracles for you here in my hometown. But you remember the prophet Elijah? Israel was full of widows during that famine. And God chose for Elijah to go to a Gentile. Not one of us. Not one of our own. Remember when there was leprosy all through the land? God chose for Elisha to heal Naaman, the Syrian general. He was our enemy. Not one of us. Not one of our own. Jesus is laying down the law and saying... I'm going to do the same thing. I have been brought to bring the Spirit of the Lord sight to the blind, release to the captives, proclamation of the year of the Lord, not to our own, not to people like us, To all the people. And they are ticked off. The Messiah is supposed to be for us. And besides that, you're our boy. What do you mean you're not for us? The Old Testament, as I've told you many times, is full, full of words of concern for the widow, the orphan, the marginalized, the, the, the stranger wandering, the immigrant. Jesus is saying to these people, They're outsiders in this world of ours. But those are the ones I've been sent to teach to, to preach to, to heal, 
and it may hurt your feelings that you're no longer in the in crowd. But these are the people God cares about. And the people at the synagogue in Nazareth, they miss it. They take him out to a hill. They want to throw him over a cliff. He somehow escapes and goes about his preaching and teaching to the outcast, the marginalized, the widow, the orphan, the wandering stranger. See, the people of the synagogue of Nazareth had been a little less worried about who the in crowd was and a little more open to letting everyone in Jesus could have stayed with them for his whole life long could have healed all kinds of people, could have fed all kinds of hungry. But they weren't able to let go of their privilege and of being the in crowd. The lesson for us couldn't be clearer. God's heart is open for all people. And so must ours be. Thanks be to God. Amen.